0: Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings, to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every episode we cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts, I'm Katrina
1: and I'm Jasmine. Hello again, everybody. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. It's been a while. It's been a minute. But here we are, episode 40. My God.
0: Yeah, oh. I feel like every single episode introduction is just us apologizing for why the episode is late. <laughs> but um, we we genuinely had some. Um, my com- My laptop yesterday just was not having any of it. It just...
1: Technical difficulties, yeah. as they say. <laughs>
0: just shut down. Oh. But we have something very, very special planned for the 40th episode. Do you want to uh,
1: take it away, Jasmine? So um, so to thank you guys for sticking with us this long, um, I took it upon myself to do the most ridiculous thing I might have ever done in the name of well, anything aside from that one time in drama when I was made to watch this woman um, pour her own snot over her head. Oh. Don't go to drama school, guys. Aside from that time, this might have been the strangest thing that I've ever done for a project. And I basically um, took a well-known game and I simplified it. And I call it... Jasmine's D and D rules, aka Choose Your Own Adventure slash Chaotic as Fuck version. So, um, so to anyone that's actually an avid player of this game, number one, congratulations, you are a true nerd. And number two, I apologize. I do, I do apologize because I have really um,
0: butchered it.
1: (laughs) I have sliced and diced and trimmed. It is basically turkey bacon without the bacon Uh, or the Mm. turkey. It's just nothing. I'm kidding. It's going to be good. So I will be, let me just explain. I did explain yesterday for Katty, but I will rehash a few things. Yeah,
0: because Katrina's never played D&D. And as soon as she saw everything was like... What what the fuck am I doing?
1: <laughs> so the thing is, i I've always I've always loved fantasy games and movies and stuff, but I also am terrible with numbers. So when I saw that D anD D was about like adding and subtracting and rolling the dice and keeping track of your score, I was like, fuck that! I could never play this game. But I've basically reduced it to three core rules. Number one, um, is the usual. So I will be the dungeon master, which which sounds rather um (coughs) inappropriate (laughs) and catty will be the hero um also this game is meant to be played with at least three people of level five (laughs) we are playing with one person of level one
0: who has no idea what's happening
1: i've also slightly tweaked the health factors and all that lovely stuff again if this fails it'll fail gloriously if it doesn't which I hope it doesn't, it'll be pretty cool. So yeah. Uh, just to refresh a few of the rules for you, Katty, um, we will only be using the D20 and D12 dice. Mm-hmm. I managed to find an online dice roller as well. I'm very, very clever. So the D20 and the D12 dice. And uh, do you remember the, uh, the two formula that I gave you yesterday? Yeah,
0: I did. I've got it written down.
1: Then please tell us
0: d20 plus armor class which in my case is 12 plus dexterity yeah that's it um which is more or the same as my opponent
1: yes so basically and I, win. I will be rolling for the enemies um as the dungeon master so whatever catty rolls has to be higher than my own armor class and what's the second rule <laughs>
0: That my damage is d12 plus four. Yes. Which is my attack bonus.
1: Yes, very clever. So... Is that how it works? Yep. So basically, the first one was to ascertain whether or not she hits the opponent. And the second one was to say how much damage she did. So... Literally, whatever is on that dice when she rolls it is how much damage she does. Yes, I know that's not how you play it. Listen, I don't give a fuck, right? I want this. This game is meant to be many hours long. We have to make it about less than one hour. So go with me. Relax. Okay, and anything else that needs to be explained, I will explain along the course of the adventure. Did
0: you ask me to read out those formula because you'd forgotten?
1: No, I wanted just to make sure that you'd written them down properly, okay. because you'll need them later as well. Um, so, Katty, just to double check, do you have your dice roller? I do. Cool, and I think you have your character sheet and your map. Yeah, I do. I okay, do, I do. and you have a pen?
0: I do. Just before we start properly, we need to thank our newest patron, Lindsay Thomas. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lindsay. You're the best. We hope we hope this episode doesn't convince you to cancel your Patreon membership.
1: <laughs> Listen, if anything, I think Lindsay will be very impressed by the fact that I managed to both learn and then unlearn the rules of D&D within a week. So, um... <laughs> I really, I didn't know how much of this I was gonna do. So I wrote out the rules by hand, painstakingly, like the original rules, yeah. many pages. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Okay, so um, as we play, or rather as we explore the story, you will have multiple chances, Catty, to tell me what your character does. So it won't only be me talking. I'll be de- describing the setting, giving you some flavor for the area, and also playing as the monsters but really the course of the journey lies in your hands and it has multiple endings as well depending upon which paths you take through the manor so without further ado dungeons and dragons jasmine's chaotic weird version and this story is called the haunt and it is by phil beckwith Montarthus manor this mansion was once the home to the appointed general who commanded a militia based in this area long ago at the time of his death the manor was cursed by a powerfully evil night hag known simply as Gertrude <laughs> <laughs> It's very serious Katrina she's an evil hag <laughs> It is said that a brilliant green emerald, imbued with a great and ancient power, lies at the heart of Montarthus manor. This is rumored to be the source of the manor's evil. Your job as the hero, Katrina the Magnificent, who is a high elf wizard of the chaotic good alignment, your job is to destroy the night hag and retrieve that emerald. Can I not join her? Well, unfortunately not. You do have to fight her. I'm very sorry about that.
0: Can I become the new Night Hag?
1: <laughs> I mean, potentially.
0: Is that an ending?
1: We will see. I can always make it up for you if you want. As you approach the mansion, you notice that the blackness of the stone is unnatural and almost tainted. The air grows thick, and what little light the night gives somehow becomes duller and duller the closer that you get to the evil dwelling. You stand in near darkness. Before you are a set of steps that lead into the high archways that govern the entryway into the mansion proper. A large set of dark oak double doors sit patiently, closed, awaiting your advance. You notice small crystal blue eyes peering at you from behind a dark window beside the doorway. What do you choose to do?
0: Can I go through the
1: door? Well, the door is locked, it would appear.
0: can I magic it open?
1: No. As the hero turns away from the door, you hear a loud creak from behind you. You look back, only to see that the doors have opened of their own accord, those onlooking crystal blue eyes now gone. The looming black space behind the entryway stares menacingly at you, inviting you into its abode. The entry foyer has an open space with a floor of black marble, two imposing looking demon statues stand to either side of the foyer as if motionlessly keeping watch over you so what do you do
0: well i don't go near those statues
1: (laughs) so um what do you do
0: (laughs) and i like smash them
1: you want to smash the statues well as you go to smash the statues the gargoyles leap to life Now you must enter into battle with the gargoyles. Oh, no. Right, so whilst I'm doing this, you must start to roll.
0: Roll. (laughs) I only got got 16.
1: You hit one of the gargoyles for nine health points, rendering him very, very weak. As that one falls behind, the other one attacks you. In turn, let's see what happens now. Do, 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 do. Meanwhile, the other gargoyle stands up again and comes back for more. Roll your dice again, Katrina. See if you hit him.
0: Is this for the 20
1: or the 12? This is the 21st. The 14. The hero comes for the first gargoyle before it gets a chance to move and dusts him right there on the spot. Now, meanwhile, behind her, the second gargoyle is very upset that you have killed his boyfriend. He comes back at you once again, trying to attack you and rolls a nine. What's your armor class again?
0: My armor class, 12.
1: 12. He misses you again and falls to the ground before you. This gargoyle is not very good at his job. Roll again, Katrina. See what happens.
0: (laughs) Which one? 20.
1: 20 and then 12 if you get successful. Twenty. Okay, now you get to roll the 12. The hero lunges toward the gargoyle and pierces him with her short sword. And then she realizes as she pulls away that she has delivered... Six! Six, six damage! Oh, that is a very, very, very powerful throw. And just because the gargoyle is incredibly sad, and because this has taken a bit too long, the gargoyle dies there on the spot. His heart was broken. I feel
0: really bad now.
1: Oh, if you feel bad about that, you're going to hate. But it
0: was their home.
1: Yes, Katty, it was their home. I'm sorry. I'm the invader. After slaying the gargoyles, you walk ahead into the stairwell waiting room. There is a cushioned sitting couch in the southwest corner of the room. It has an old worn children's doll laying on it. The eyes of the doll are strangely similar to those seen peering through the window before entering the mansion from the front door. In the northeast corner, there is a stairwell climbing up to the second floor, or down to the basement. A small wall blocks the way up the stairs until you have explored at least five rooms down here on the ground floor.
0: The first thing I do is I set the doll on fire.
1: You set the doll on fire. Unfortunately, the doll seems to be flame-proof. There might be a reason for this later on.
0: Because it's it's the hag. Not quite. Well, I don't like it either way.
1: So after failing to set fire to the doll, what does Katrina the Magnificent do instead? Does she go straight ahead?
0: I will go to the brown room.
1: You actually manage to pass through this room with surprising ease and then you turn, you find yourself drawn to your left, into the Dining Room. As you step up into the Dining Room from the sunken Tea Room, the air grows warm. Suddenly the room comes to life as ghostly apparitions appear seated at the once empty table. A large dinner party is being held, it seems, as a roasted hog materialises, along with plates of all varieties of food. Jugs of foaming ale are being shared between ghostly companions, and a large spectral man stands at the head of the table. A serious scowl and a frown are cemented over his face as he overlooks his guests who seem to be enjoying themselves. Now, what do you do?
0: I say hello.
1: As Katrina strides into the room to say hello, the room abruptly becomes quiet, all talking and laughter coming to a close. Every ghost in the room is now facing you when the man at the head of the table rushes towards you, floating right through the hard wooden dining table, screaming, You should not be here! Leave this place! Then... The room is empty once more, dark and cold again. The ghosts are nowhere to be seen, and there is no sign of the man who had rushed at you.
0: I go, well that was a weird trip. (laughs) (laughs) And into the next
1: room. Okay. As you enter the large double doors, a large room opens before you. A chandelier hangs from the high ceiling, and an old dance floor stretches out. Materialising from thin air, you see the man who had rushed at you. He seems younger somehow, as if this is a vision into an earlier time in his life. A beautiful woman enters from the nothingness, dressed in a flowing black nightgown, her eyes dark and dangerous. He holds her and looks into those eyes, and she looks back into his. "'Will we disappear?' "'Just the two of us, my love,' the man says dreamily. "'Oh, but what of your wife? And we have work to do,' she reminds him. "'Never mind her. She will cope. "'And your army of undead. "'Let's not talk about this tonight,' he replies as their apparitions fade "'and the room is empty once again.' "'The hero finds nothing of note in this room other than the alfresco area.' Which maybe you should check out. Oh, I
0: think I will. Oh. Suddenly, I think that this general fella got everything that he deserved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a knob! My my question now would really be about this army of the undead, and why is he hopping off with mm. someone that owns one of those things?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a bit of a red flag, you know. Like, I love you, baby, but bit of a
0: red flag. Mm. Your
1: zombie has got to go. Okay, so, this alfresco area is a fenced off private swimming pool with three ruined deck chairs to the southern end of the pool. Nothing can be seen past its surface. Every now and then, a ripple emerges from its depths. There are multiple skeletal remains around the closest side of the pool. You notice a gleaming bejeweled sword lying on the deck beside the pool on the opposite end. Oh hell yeah! What do you do?
0: Oh, I go and get that sword.
1: Oh dear! Well, as the hero goes to retrieve <laughs> the sword, a giant beholder zombie <laughs> rises from the murky green water and attacks.
0: I'm a wizard elf. Like what's a zombie to me?
1: Okay, okay, Mister Mister Smartass. Really? Let's uh, let's see if you can actually. <laughs> mm. Let's see if you got me. Okay, I'm a zombie. <gasps>
0: 17.
1: You pierce the beholder zombie right between the eyes and it screams in pain. Now roll to see how much damage you've done. Five. You deal a total of five hit points to this poor beholder zombie who's now stumbling backwards, clutching his (sighs) eye. And the zombie hits you. (laughs) Pierces you as well. But luckily for you, Ah. this zombie is incredibly, incredibly weak and only deals about two hit points. So, as the hero stumbles backwards, having been stabbed in the arm by one of the zombie's perilous claws. Look at that, the zombie is incredibly stupid and falls flat down on your sword and you've killed him! (gasps) (gasps) Bye bye zombie. (laughs) (laughs) Having defeated the perilous zombie, the hero manages to retrieve the sword and therefore gains back three health points. Upon touching the sword, you find yourself magically transported to the spell practice room. Now, this room is a large open space with three stone mannequins along the southern wall. These seem to have once been practice targets, as, behind them, large black blast marks dirty the walls with silhouettes. There is a large iron double door into the next room, and these doors are blackened from fire. You notice that there is a secret way out in the northern wall. One of each side. So either the blackened double door or the secret passageway to the library.
0: Oh, the blackened double door first.
1: Oh, this room is empty and provides a walkway for those who know the secret ways of the manor. Nothing to see there, I'm afraid. Yay. Let's go upstairs. There is a soft green light flickering in this hallway, but there seems to be no source of the light. You realise that the light source is a necrotic energy moving through the manor's second floor like blood through a vein.
0: I assume that I can't go straight into the, um, the master bedroom where, where the source of the green necrotic light is coming from.
1: No, but... You can go into the other bedroom. Okay, I will go into another bedroom. Okay, so, you enter into the guest rooms, both of which are dusty and full of sticky cobwebs. But then, on one of the beds, dusty and alone, sits a simple children's doll, harmlessly peering straight ahead through unblinking eyes. Oh, for fuck's sake. The hero turns her back and heads back into the hallway. Suddenly, the air grows cold, and a distorted lullaby emanates from the doll's room.
0: Can I just say that the hero would never turn her back on that thing?
1: Well, I was going to say just now, would you like to re-enter the room?
0: Yeah, sure, why not? Are you sure? Yeah, fuck that thing, let's get it.
1: Okay. As you re-enter the room, the doll attacks you. She misses you. The doll swerves to the side of you and lands flat on her ugly little face, cackling away (laughs) evilly as the evil lullaby music continues to a loud crescendo all around you. What do you do?
0: I attack her, obviously.
1: The hero lunges for the doll, who is lying on the floor crippled by her own hilarious fall. And... You hit the doll for three points, and she rolls away from you as if nothing ever happened. Suddenly, she runs out of the room, cackling evilly, as the creepy lullaby music follows her out. What do you do next?
0: I'm going to follow that little bitch.
1: You follow her out into the hallway and find that she has mysteriously vanished.
0: Let's go into another room that I've not been in.
1: Okay, so... You enter into the kitchen. There is a hot plate with a fire pit below it, though it has not been used for a millennia. There is a bench on the southern wall and wooden cupboards fixed above head height on all sides. Pots, pans, knives and cups, dulled and tarnished from age, all hang from hooks below the cupboards. The hero instantly sees a small treasure chest on the hot plate on the opposite side of the room. Upon entering the room, you notice that the air has grown colder and the cupboard doors have begun to move slightly with a creak, all by themselves. What do you do? I'm going to get that treasure. I'm going to use magic. Going to use magic? Okay, which magic spell are you going to use? What's my options? Burning hands or mage armour? What does the mage armour do? I'm making it up as I go along. It's going to give you protection. Oh.
0: Um,
1: let's burn it. Let's burn it. As Katrina the Magnificent approaches the chest, ready to burn it with her magic spell of burning hands, which sounds a lot like an STD, suddenly the cupboards fly open and out flies a poltergeist. Now, the poltergeist controls the knives, and one by one, the knives attack the hero. What do you do?
0: Armor. Armor spell.
1: Mage armor! Pew, 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 pew! The knives bounce off the hero, and then the poltergeist runs away in fear of this (laughs) powerful wizard. However, however, there is something our hero did not see. Or rather... Someone. Standing silent in the far left corner, the doll is clutching a fallen knife. She cackles away, stabbing at you. Your mage armour seems useless in the face of this terrifying demonic little toy. What do you do next? Fire. I'm going to set that little bitch on fire. Katrina uses the (laughs) fire.
0: Like I did in the beginning. Come here,
1: you fucking bitch. Okay, um, the doll runs away gleefully into the night, escaping you once more, the strange lullaby filling the air as she leaves. I'm
0: going to get that little shit.
1: Can't catch me. Like, the thing is, all I could think of when I was reading this was Angie, of course, from yeah. the new Resident Evil game. <laughs> Try and find me. Okay, right, where is it? Okay. Okay. You leave the kitchen, and, as you enter this new room, you notice something that seems very unnatural, though not unexpected, in a place such as this. It is a skeleton busy at work behind a writing desk, frantically writing notes in a translucent, ethereal ledger book. It looks up at you with empty eye sockets. Its jaw starts to move as a hauntingly high-pitched voice says... You are here. He has been waiting for you. You may proceed, Advisor Gertrude. From behind, you feel something evil and dark trespass through your bodies, and the aspect of a dangerously beautiful woman with dark and deadly eyes walks straight through you, a smirk on her ghostly lips. So, so just to, to check in, you now have five health points, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, you also forgot uh, that you picked up the, the chest in the other room, which I know you forgot to <laughs> mention, which gives, you, which gives you another four points if you want it. You can always leave it if you don't want it.
0: <laughs> I'll take it just in case. Sweet. Okay.
1: I'm back up to nine. I'm not rigging the game at all. Okay so now you are in one of the rooms which is very very close to the room which that evil green fuzz is emanating from you step into the general's waiting room as you look around the room it appears empty at first but within the blink of an eye a small pretty girl no more than five or six is suddenly sitting on the long bench that stretches the northern wall she seems to be waiting patiently the dark and deadly-looking woman appears in this room, smiles at the child, and offers her a children's doll. Mm. The girl smiles with joy as the woman evaporates. The child's smile turns to pain and anguish as blood-soaked stab wounds begin to appear on her silky white dress. Jesus. She falls limp and tumbles to the floor before disappearing you notice that the doll is left lying on the bench, a knife in hand and a grin on its face. Now we have the final fight.
0: We better, because that thing is getting on my last nerve.
1: The doll flies at you, laughing maniacally, her evil little song playing as she tries to stab you and... and hits you you find that her knife gets stuck in your ear and you have to rip your head away, leaving your ear behind, which deals an extra one health point. What do you do next? I attack her. The little shit. Twenty. Twenty, okay. Yes, you blow that little bitch right into the ground. She rises back up and charges back at you and uses one of her own magic spells called Twinkle Twinkle. You have to roll above a 15 on the d20. On the d20.
0: 20! Take that, you little shit. I attack her with magic. So now you can use Mage
1: Armor, Magic Missile, Burning Hands.
0: I will just use my my flaming hands. You're really fond of those. So. I am. It's because I just want to burn it. It needs to be burnt.
1: The evil doll laughs maniacally once again as Katrina attacks her with burning hands. The doll screeches in pain, writhing, and writhing, writhing in pain, before falling to the ground. She seems to stay put, for now at least. Oh no. Finally, you enter the General's room, a.k.a. the General's broken heart. As soon as you hear the door slam shut behind you, a great gust of wind blasts the room, sending dust, paper, and curtains flying around. Piles of rotting corpses litter the creaky wooden floor. Then, you see him, on the ceiling, a shell of a man, shriveled, tortured, and used his body and arms semi-molded into the blackened muck that replicates the ceiling. Slimy black vines creep through his flesh, pinning him to the ceiling, as the ends of the vines expand into drooling suckers that feed from his life force. A glow of green hue emanates from his chest, where a green emerald spews out evil energies into the mansion, distributing the feed to all areas of the living building. The most potent looking of these green energies flows directly into a lifeless body, slumped with its head flung back over a wooden chair. What do you do?
0: I say, shouldn't have been a cheater, bro. I go over to the lifeless body and I stab it, because I know it's going to come to life.
1: As the hero goes to stab it, you recognise her from the apparitions of the manor. It is the dark advisor Gertrude, AKA the Night Hag. She grins wide and evil, then cackles a haunting laugh as her features grow long and haggard. Her skin turns midnight blue and her pupils turn the red of the nine, turn red of the nine hells. What does that mean? Are there nine hells? Anyway, she attacks. Okay, what do you do? I say, hello Gertrude, my darling. Gertrude goes... I really
0: admire all that you have done here. I also wish to punish punish cheating men and um, have an army of the dead.
1: Gertrude seems moved by your speech, yet being dead, she can't really speak to you, darling. (laughs) As Katrina goes to put her romantic advances upon the night hag, she attacks Katrina. No. Who is on her knees pleading with her to marry her at dawn. And luckily for Katrina, the night hag somehow misses. Her evil hand falling right through the wall and you realise that the wall is actually made of writhing maggots. What does Katrina do next?
0: I say... That there needs to be consent in um in BDSM relationships, <laughs> and I do not appreciate her attacking me without my consent.
1: What else do you do?
0: I um, Ugh, oh, I suppose my heart is broken. So your heart is broken. I am. Um, I guess that I will um I will attack Gertrude back. I'm so sorry, Gertie. I don my armor and. Use the other magic spell, whatever it is. The, um...
1: Magic missile? Yeah. With a heavy heart, Katrina, crying tears of blood and pain, dons her beautiful armor, which sparkles the same beautiful blue as Gertrude's own skin, and fires into her face the magic missile, which blows Gertrude clean through the wall. Suddenly, as she does this, she realizes that... The man on the ceiling has come to life long enough to rip out the diamond from his chest or emerald or whatever it was called and passes it back down to you saying please take this far from here before slumping back against the ceiling and dying. From the other room, you hear a doll's cackle (laughs) and Gertrude coming to her feet, but you also realize that the castle is coming down as the floor seems to shake and the walls crumble around you. So what do you do? I grab the emerald and jump out the window. You grab the emerald and, bidding farewell to your false love, Gertrude, (laughs) come tumbling out of the window and down onto the ground floor. Magically, being a wizard, you survive this. You've managed to escape the falling manor, which has been the epitome of true evil. The night hag Gertrude has not been defeated yet, and the undead have yet to be laid to rest. She will be hunting you for the rest of your life. You know not who the hag's victim was, however, they did leave you the emerald in their departure. Now, standing before you, are the piles of rubble and decayed remains of the manor, finally resting in peace. The bodies of Gertrude and the doll are nowhere to be found. The night begins to grow old as the first hints of dawn start to creep over the horizon. It is then, amongst the woods that surround the manor, you notice a pair of glowing, crystal blue eyes.
0: the end the end so I didn't even get another chance to kill that doll
1: but yeah actually um, the ending has been left open on purpose this oh, gives lord. you a possible recurring villain of the evil <laughs> doll <Ooh>. yay <laughs> your arch nemesis <My> <laughs> oh lord Jeez. okay well well that was it yay. I
0: loved that
1: you are welcome. Thank you very much. Um, if you guys have any thoughts or feelings, please keep them to yourself. <laughs> I don't want to know. I literally, I stopped oh, following John. my own rules about halfway through. I was like, it, I'm gonna I make didn't everything up." Roll happens.
0: and you what? die for the for the for like upstairs, the entire upstairs. I didn't roll anything. No, I mean you just you just stopped asking me to roll the dice.
1: Yeah, I was like, "Fuck it, like it's it's cool. <laughs> I'm done." Also, because I realised that we are running a bit late on time, and I was wondering if we might want to read at least one listener story.
0: Oh yeah, we can.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, just to round out the episode a bit and give people something to to actually. Enjoy about this
0: episode. will read. No, no. Okay. Firstly, that was incredible, Jasmine. Thank you so much for all of your hard work. Because I know you've been doing, you've been planning this for like two weeks.
1: Yes, and then and then I still didn't follow my own rules, no, even it though was I wrote amazing. them
0: down. Okay. Firstly, secondly, everyone thanked Jasmine because it was truly wonderful.
1: Thank you. I'm sorry, guys. I just, you know what. I tried it, um, looking back, I do have some areas of work, <laughs> you know, no. odd kink here or there. Um, yeah, I mean, let me know what you reckon, if it was really terrible. Please don't unsubscribe. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't tell me.
0: Anyway. We wanted some listener stories. Yes now so actually the first one isn't really a listener story but it is an email from wonderful Andrew the um, number one Spooky Girls fan and his email reads hello to my dearest Jasmine and Katrina I just wanted to say congratulations on episode 40 I have loved every single episode and Patreon episode and I'm proud to have joined you since day one to be your number one fan and hopefully biggest cheerleader. No. Sadly, I don't have a spooky story to share with you for this magnificent milestone. Unless you count the time a very large spider crawled over my chest in bed or the time <laughs> my dad and I got lost in a Malaysian jungle. But I already know that this episode will be a fantastic one. Oh. Please feel free to use as much or as little, or indeed none of this message, on your episode. But I couldn't let your 40th episode go by without dropping you a message. All my love, your friend, now and always, Andrew. P.S. Love you both lots. Oh, oh Andrew.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Andrew actually made... um. He made his own Spooky Gals merch. He has a t-shirt that says Spooky Gals number one fan. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you, my love. Sweetest boy. Mm
0: -hmm. And we do swear that Andrew did write that email. It wasn't just us trying to to compliment (laughs) ourselves.
1: Okay, I'm going to read... Hi Catty, it's Lexi here. Hee <laughs> hee. Okay, so I have my own haunted stories from my childhood because my house was haunted growing up. So the house I grew up in from age 4 to 8 was a normal American house built in the 1980s. My family has been rather susceptible to spooky stuff for years with my mum catching multiple orbs and actual human forms on camera that just don't make sense one memory that sticks out to me is when I wasn't feeling well one night as a teenager. All of a sudden, I felt someone sit next to me, stroking my head and my back in a very comforting manner, although to me it was terrifying at the time. Throughout the time I lived there I would see shadows that didn't make sense and weird light burns. One specific night was when I was 18 and suffered from severe migraines, around about the time my parents got separated. I came down with a horrible migraine one evening and was out with my friends and I had them drop me off at my dad's house, my childhood home, even though he wasn't home because it was closest. I then had my mum come over and take care of me as migraines rather ruin me. My dog was with me as well and that's an important thing to know as she is the sweetest dog in the world. She's never bitten anyone and never growls or acts aggressive. This evening that changed. When I was coming down from the worst of the migraine, my mum and I were sitting in the sitting room, chatting, and all of a sudden my dog jumps over me and stands over me, growling at the ceiling, like full-on growling. Her hair was raised, and she would not get off my lap. My mum and I looked at each other, and then at the ceiling, and knew something was there. It was very dark in the corner she was growling, so we didn't see anything, which was more terrifying. This let my mum and I open up to each other about how our house had been haunted for years by a middle-aged woman who was a mother and lived with us for years, watching us grow up. When my mum moved out, she threw the biggest fit according to my mother and wailed my mother's name at my dad and tossed their room to a mess. It was jarring hearing this. While some won't believe it, I know what I lived. I also have cemetery stories that are super creepy, and don't make sense either. All the creepy love, Lexi. Yeah, Lexi. Thank you. So this one comes from
0: Lindsay. Hi, my name is Lindsay, and I have three ghost stories from my childhood home, dorm room in college, and from my grandpa's house. I do want to say that none of these stories are particularly creepy, but they were weird first story from my childhood home. This was the most bizarre thing that ever happened to me. Growing up, weird things always happened at my childhood home. When I would wait for the bus for school, I would always see a man step out from around the staircase. It looked like he was just doing his morning routine, getting ready for the day. My family has heard footsteps upstairs when no one was there, ...but the weirdest thing that happened was when I was in high school. I want to give you a brief outline of my house. My room was on the first floor and my brother's room was right across the hallway. The hallway was very small with the staircase on the end going to the second floor. One night I was laying in bed and happened to be the only person on the first floor when I heard a loud bang right outside my door in the hallway. I was so scared that I didn't move for 10 minutes. When I looked outside my door, I saw a stack of music records right in the middle of the floor. I have no idea how they got there since they were originally stacked on the back of the staircase. Now I know what you're thinking, that they just fell down the staircase. That's what I thought too at first, but they were all the way on the back of the staircase and they ended up in the middle of the floor stacked neatly. They weren't scattered as if they'd fallen. I also heard the loud bang when they hit the ground and my dad heard it too from the second floor. Still to this day, I can't explain this occurrence. The only theory I have is that it was my grandpa who built the house. Second spooky story from my college dorm room. This is a lot shorter. One night, I was laying on the couch in my living room dorm room when I looked at the connecting door leading into my bedroom. It was half shut and I saw shadows of footprints walking on the other side of the door. It freaked me out because I was looking directly at the door when it happened. I went into the room and there was nothing there. I had other minor things happen. The TV would turn on out of nowhere. And one day I was taking a nap when I felt someone behind me and it woke me up right in time to go to school. Third creepy story from my grandpa's house. This happened about five years ago when my grandmother passed away. I was sleeping in one of the back rooms when I had this vivid dream that my grandmother was standing right behind me. She was reaching out for my shoulder and right when she touched me, I woke up. This experience wasn't freaky, it was comforting. It was like she was saying goodbye. Side note, my cousin had the same dream that night in my grandpa's house. I had other little things happen, but didn't want to bore you.
1: You would never bore us.
0: Love your podcast. Lindsay.
1: Oh, Lindsay, thank you, babe. Thank you, Lindsay.
0: Wow. Yay, they were awesome. Thank you so much. We still have quite a few to get through. Yes, we
1: do. Sorry if we Um, haven't read yours yet. We will get round to it. Please keep on sending us stories. We love to hear from you. We do keep them all in a very, very safe place. Yes. So don't worry. We promise that we will get to it. We promise. Yeah. Eventually.
0: Thank you so much, Jasmine, for all your hard work. Thank you, everyone who who
1: sent in stories. Thank you, all of you. And thank you all to everyone who listens. Um, it really means the world to both of yes. us. Yes. So thank you.
0: But thank you all so much for listening. And we hope to have you back for next time. Woo-hoo. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience please email us at SpookyGirlsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at SpookyGirlsPod and on Instagram at SpookyGirlsPodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash SpookyGirls and from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much. And we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Bye bye. 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 Lovely.